What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TTB Ravens Media, bringing you Ravens content every single day. If you want to see that daily Ravens content, make sure to hit the subscribe button down below and hit the notification bell as well if you want to get notified every single time we upload a brand new video. If you're watching this on YouTube, go check out the podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can check out the full segments um, in all three uh, of what will be future videos um, if you want to hear them right now, you know, because they are current topics um, and Really, we're looking at a lot of things, Baltimore Ravens, right now. So, you know, in, in these videos, let us know your comments, you know, you know, your thoughts on the roster, your thoughts on the players that we talk about, any takes that you have. We, we like to see those, and we like to talk about them, and a lot of times we bring them up on the live streams. A lot of times we bring them up in future videos, future recordings, and things like that. But, Joshua, let's start off with the big Baltimore Ravens news. In, in the good and the, in the bad direction, let's talk about the new look Baltimore Ravens wide receivers. Um, Duvernay out for the year, uh, broken foot, Sammy Watkins, some call him Sammy hustle, uh, is back. Oh man. I'll tell you, how can I explain this and say this in the most respectful way? Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson are the same, are the same person. They are literally, um, the number three or number four wide receivers on some of the best teams, but because the Ravens do not really know how to draft wide receivers, nor develop them to the way they should be, they will become the number one target for whoever may be our quarterback. Um, I don't, I don't know if they'll activate like the, a Benjamin Victor, a Shamar Bridges, or even Anthony Isabella. You know, everybody was so hyped because we got a younger, speedy guy, and um, we haven't seen that younger, speedy guy act, activated or put on the field at um, at any point. Instead, we had a 36 year old Deshaun Jackson. We try to have you know run a slant route, but instead of throwing the uh, ball to our 36 year old wide receiver, we throw the ball straight to the corner, cornerback. So I mean, um, when you look at this wide receiver core, it's it's it's, it's tough. It's tough to um, look at. It's tough to envision how much success this team um, will have, uh, especially since you know um, when it comes to our passing schemes, and you and you see the bunch routes, they're all bunched up together. No separation, no, 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 no breath, no life, no, 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 nothing. So, you know, I would say the, the wide receiving game, the wide receiving core is pretty damn desperate right now. And um, if this is not a cry for help, I don't know what else is. Something's got to give. We talked about it so many times, but um, something's got something's to give. Yeah, and – Bunch routes. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we we're gonna be using that one for a while. That's good. Um, when you look at this Ravens roster, this is something the Ravens have had a problem with over the last five, six, seven, eight, twenty-five years. Yeah, depth. Um, and it's depth of two positions: is depth of wide receiver and depth of cornerback. And it's like, obviously, there's going to be a drop off mm-hmm. from starter to backup, and that's not the complaint the Ravens fans have. The complaint is that, like, our number three guys almost every year are typically pretty bad at those positions. Our three through five is like, uh, yeah, I don't even know if they'd be making the roster on other teams, right? So, you know, I mean, you look at it last year, Anthony Averett, how much is Anthony Averett playing for uh, the Oakland Raiders where he signed? I don't see his name very often. He was out there every snap. And even when we had Marlon and Marcus out there, like Anthony Aver was playing. Yeah. Um, 
And this year, I think the Ravens did a good job with cornerback depth. I don't want to, you know, talk about that too much. We had the injury to Kyle Fuller from day one. And, you know, where it's like, okay, yeah, our slot corner has been worse than what Kyle Fuller was. But at the same time, it's not like we're sitting here every week going, man, where's Kyle Fuller? We still had Kyle Fuller. Like we used to do with like, man, where's Tavon Young? Like we need a, we need a slot corner. We need all this. That's not the case. Wide receiver, it's so bad. Um, and I, I feel like if you look at the Ravens wide receiver core week one, I feel like it's fine. You know, it, is it the best in the NFL? No. Is it the one of the worst? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, it was it was manageable. It was usable. It could work. Fast forward to when Rashad Bateman goes down and then you go, oh, the Ravens no longer have a single receiver that can generate separation that can consistently get open, that can make plays with the ball in the air, what are they going to do? And they already don't have a coach that can scheme receivers open. So that's, I mean, that's already hurting the wide receiver core. And so it's like, okay, now we're rocking with like Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson, which is a horrible number one and two. Those guys are good depth pieces. I have no problem with them as, you know, as a wide receiver two and three, if you have a good number one, but then Duvernay gets hurt and it's like, okay, we're missing our top two wide receivers. And our receiving core has become Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson. And we need them to be able to consistently get open. Not to mention wide receiver three is Deshaun Jackson. Like Disha, and I, I have no problem with any of these players. I like these players. I think they're all good at football. I think they're all solid receivers that deserve a roster spot in the NFL. But deserving sixty percent of the offensive snaps, it's it's bad when you sign a player that was cut by the Packers, when the Packers are seen as having a terrible wide receiver core for their quarterback Aaron Rodgers, and that's why they're failing. And Sammy Watkins was behind those guys on the depth chart. <laughs> he wasn't playing behind, you know, he was behind Randall Cobb and two rookies and Alan Lazard. That is the fifth string wide receiver core or fifth string wide receiver on a wide receiver core that was seen as bad. And the reason the Packers were losing was because of the wide receivers. And we got the fifth one, and that's our best player now. That's our go-to guy. Is the fifth best on a receiver core that's seen as hurting their superstar quarterback. And we're like, here you go, Lamar. Wide receiver one. They call him 1K Sammy. You know, I, I'm, I, you know, I think, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I don't know who the guy was, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to um, – whoever it was, I saw that TikTok video – they posted on Twitter. I wanted to give them. I want to give them credit um, for them actually breaking down the passes against that uh, Jacksonville Jaguars game. And you know, everybody can always can always look at the stats, but people don't watch the games. When I, when I say people don't watch the games, people don't actually watch. You know, and see Lamar Jackson or even Snoop. You know, under under the stress that they're that they're that they're under. Um, 
but we're in this case, we'll, we'll talk about Lamar because Lamar actually throws the ball to the receivers. But constantly, every time he does try to, you know, um, wait to see the wide receivers get open and stuff like that, everybody always wonder why he holds the ball too long. That's a, that's when the last time our wide receiver got got separation. The last time our wide receiver got separation was in week three, and the guys and the guy hasn't been playing. Um, <laughs> if we're being completely honest, um, you know, if I'm if, if, if I'm being if we start taking a step step further, I know we talk about you know the wide receiver room, but my tight end, my tight end is playing like that. You know that bottom five, top top five is five number uh, number five tight end right now. He ain't playing like the number one. You know Mark Andrews that we used to know, we used to love to know. And everybody can be in the comments. They can they can attack me. And say, well, you know he's the only he's the primary receiver. He's gonna be he's gonna be draped in uh, he's gonna be draped in uh, covered. Hell, I've seen Travis Kelsey. I mean, uh, draped and covered, you know, since he's been, you know, technically that number one guy this year, he's still been making things happen. Greatness, if, if greatness is in you, you make things happen. Point blank, simple. So, I mean, once again, you know, when you look at this wide receiver room, it's looking like, yeah, can we do it? I, and I'll be honest with you, as a range fan, I don't, I don't, shucks. I don't know if we can do it with this wide receiver group. I mean, when you take this wide receiver group versus that 2019 group where, you know, Lamar Jackson had that uh, unanimous MVP um, season, that wide receiver group is the is the reason why we didn't advance in the playoffs. How many drops we had again, McConnell? Seven. Seven. You know how many drops we had in that Jacksonville Jaguars game? It was around oh – it was around five nine. It was about three touch. It was about three touchdowns. It was dropped too. Demarcus was Robinson, Mark Andrews, and Josh Oliver. Everybody, everybody can say, "Oh, it was a little over." No, they teach you that. They teach you in Pee Wee, high school, college, in the NFL. If you could put your hands on the ball, that's that is a catchable ball. And all of them, honestly, were catchable touchdowns. They just didn't bring it in. <laughs> so I mean, when you look at these new wide receivers, the only way I would attack it is I would attack the sidelines. Put my big bodies in. Use Shamar Bridges. Use Benjamin Victor. They're strong. They're strong on the outside. You can throw the and and they know how to uh, shield and block off you know defenders and actually move the move the chains. Now, am I are they going to do it consistently against you know some of the starting NFL corners? No, but that does give us a chance to actually you know still establish some type of passing game. They still have Deshaun Jackson, Demarcus Robinson. You know, they're still speedy guys with an underneath routes. So the bad thing is we're not in the facility. We're not at Owens Mills. And um, it's going it's going to fall on deaf ears if you actually try to say, hey, we, we don't – we're not in the best of shape in regards to this passing game. We don't have some of the best wide receivers. We still got to make these guys available. Like, I keep on harping on that game against the universe. I'm going to say university. Uh, when we played against the Miami Dolphins uh, the year previously, and damn near everybody was hurt on that offensive side of the ball. They schemed a good enough uh, game plan on the offensive side of the ball to still come out with a win. They knew who they had on the talent on the side of the ball talent-wise, and they executed their uh, game plan against us. Anytime you see your safety stuck in mud and, your, and the wide receiver is hauling, is hauling tail, up the sideline, burning my guy. It's like, hey man, you know, just pull, just pull Doug Peterson. You saw what those guys did against us. Let's let's do a little bit of this against this team, you know. So I mean, it's 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 rough. Um, it's definitely going to be intense. 
um, this Saturday. But well, what all can we do but love this team and uh, try to ride with them? <laughs> yep. You know, you got to watch. You got to be miserable. It's part of being a Ravens fan uh, exactly. in the offensive side of the ball. Exactly. Uh, but let's let's move on. You know, still talking about the roster, still talking about the Ravens methods, tactics, ideas, strategies. Let's talk about Mr. Eric DaCosta because I don't think this is a topic. I think what's funny is I think we did this topic one of the first few episodes we ever did. Mm-hmm. Um and we did we used to do a segment called Is This Stupid? Maybe we should bring it back. If y'all went Is This Stupid back, it's a lot of fun because you know what? Here we go. We're doing an Is This Stupid segment right now. Is this stupid is a section where Typically, we bring a question to the table and we say, hey, this is a hot take that we have. Is this stupid? And sometimes we agree with it. Sometimes we don't. We just analyze the take. All right. This is not me saying this. This is not Joshua saying this. This is analyzing the take. So I'm going to give the take and then I will give the explanation on why maybe someone would believe that take. Eric DaCosta is a bad general manager. Is this stupid? Now, here's the reason why people may be saying this. First off, looking at the Ravens roster, they've built a terrible wide receiver core. All right. That, that I think, is the biggest standout right there. Yep. Terrible wide receiver core. The other thing is, hasn't uh, he hasn't been involved in the coaching decisions, hasn't been involved in, in trying to push Harbaugh to fire his offensive coordinator. He hasn't been involved in, in trying to push Harbaugh to, to really like let go of his friend or, or even maybe letting go of Harbaugh. The final thing is drafting. And I think a lot of times I we give credit to Eric DaCosta in his drafts, but he's had a lot of misses. He's had a lot of drafts where players have not done what was anticipated. And there have been some mind-boggling selections, guys like Ben Mason that are selected. And then there's players that we draft where it's like, dude, what? We don't even use them. What's the point of drafting Miles Boykin? What's the point of drafting these guys and then even trading them away when we think we have a stud, a guy like Sean Wade? Um and so it's like we're, we haven't dra- – he hasn't drafted a star yet. And he, you know, he uses first-round picks on guys that, you know, maybe aren't as necessary as other positions. You know, I, I know we both really love Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah. But at the same time, it was it's a major question. Like, Ravens didn't draft a wide receiver last year. Why did they not draft one? They traded away their wide receiver one. They didn't draft one. They didn't sign one. So, like, what are they doing? And they do that a lot where, like, we look into the draft and we're like, yeah, they need this position. And every analyst says they need this position. And then they go in and they don't draft it. Joshua, Eric DaCosta is a bad GM. Is this stupid? It's hard. It's hard to say. Only for the simple fact that, you know, so many people give praise to, you know, um, former general man- manager, Ozzie Newsom, And Eric DaCosta has been in the, has been in this facility for so long. And he's been studying under um, Ozzy Newsom. The only thing I can say that he he uh, he does better than Ozzy is his midseason trades. I give him that. You know, the Yannick Nagatwe. No, it didn't turn out the way we wanted. I feel like it could. If if we, if if Mike Madonna was here the same year uh, Yannick Nagatwe was here, I think it could have been better. He's he's obviously doing better. You know, out there. In, um, I'm about to say Oakland, Las Vegas. He you know he was turning up. You know, better than what he was doing here. Um, you know, the Marcus, I'll even, you know, even this offseason, picking up Marcus Williams 
You know, getting a guy that's still in his prime, you know, that can, that's still a top safety, plays good ball. You know, he's been shown, he's been proving himself, went healthy this year. Um, the Roquan Smith, I gotta give him, I gotta give him a shout out to that. But like you said, man, when this when this came to the draft thing, man, it, it, it's not been hitting, you know. And you know, we don't have a second round, we don't have a second round pick um, for the upcoming draft. So that first that number that first rounder, it has to be, um, it has to be on the money. I don't know if we're gonna go corner first. I don't know if we're gonna go wide receiver first. I don't even know where we're gonna be placed in this year's draft because. Unfortunately, with how bad we've been playing, we have been winning games, and we still are in contention to be in the playoffs. That's the bad thing about it. And you know what? I think when it comes to um, EDC, I don't think he has that cutthroat yet ability as uh, Ozzy, meaning, you know, letting people go. Or you know, put putting the pressure on the coach because at one point Ozzy Newsom, I believe he did wholeheartedly put pressure on um on John on letting go, you know, uh, said OCs and things of that nature. So it's, it's hard to say, but right now, and this and this will be his fourth year. Yeah, it'll be his fourth. Um... I don't know, kind of full year. He'll hit the fourth year benchmark, I think, in 2023. Okay, and I, I don't want to say, uh, like, I don't want to say that we, you know, that we, that we kind of, um, that, that we're that we're judging it too early. But at the same time, it's like, okay, we've been a playoff contention team for a while now, and still, you've had, you know, that you had this quarterback um, in the pocket. You had him on, you had him on his rookie contract. And you still haven't did the best of work to um, get him real upgrades. Like I said, the title in the bomb pick, you know, previously, that did upset me. For the simple fact that, yeah, um, we did jump back in the first round, but we get a we get a uh, we get a big guy. I feel like a big guy that could possibly slip slip to the second round. Or even or even on a David Ochavo, like I know everybody, you know, loved it. And uh, David was originally a fourth rounder. But to me personally, because of that injury, I feel like he still would have been there, been available in the third round. And we could have got a George Pickens or any other type of wide receiver that would have helped, helped out Rashad Bateman, you know, in any type of given way. Because at the end of the day, you know, Rash- you know your players. You know if they're injury prone or not. And I'm not, I'm not about to ready to write off Rashad Bateman, but right now he's showing that he's a little bit of injury prone. So you know me as me as a general manager, I'm gonna say, yeah, I like Rashad. He's a young guy, still got more contract and everything of that nature. But I still need to get some help from my, you know, from from, from my MVP. And you know we didn't do that. So right now I'm gonna say yeah because you know he's been at it for four years and I don't feel like he's been making the best decisions and I don't feel like he's um, really been. Um, I don't. He don't get a. You would think he. You would think he would do the opposite of what uh, Ozzy would do. Ozzy, you know, harped and loved his defense. Okay, Eric, it's your time to harp and love on the offense. You ain't been doing it like that. And anybody can always say, "Oh, well, he did. He did uh, draft running backs and wide receivers. He drafted mid tier wide receivers. We're being honest. He drafted mid." mid-tier guys at running back you know no nothing against jk Dobbins. when jk Dobbins was available he he balls he for sure 
when Hollywood was available, he was healthy. He balled. But at the end of the day, who wants to keep on having a guy for five games out for the rest of the season or three, four weeks and stuff like that? It's just not it's not good. It, it takes away from the team, the growth, development, and progression. That 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 mess actually that messes up the momentum. <laughs> That's the, that messes up the momentum when we go into games because they're like, well, damn, you know, we're 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 we are without our guy. So um right now, um I don't feel like it's a bad take. I feel like um EDC is a bad GM at this moment. Yeah, and it's something where it's just like Eric DeCosta was thrown into a situation where it's like, okay, you have a new franchise quarterback, try and build around him. And he was he he had to look to his coach, the coach that's been there. He said, Hey coach, here's your guy. What do you want? And John Harbaugh being the guy that has no idea how to deal with X's and O's, he looks at it and goes, Hey, Greg, what do you want? And Greg says, I want a run game. And I don't care about wide receivers. And if you build a great defense, that'll be fantastic. Let's go defense and run game. And so that's what he does. And he, and he builds it. And I think he did a very good job building exactly what I feel like was asked of him uh, by the coaches. Because as a general manager, you're supposed to you know, give your coaches what you want. And I think the biggest thing that Eric DaCosta does really well is, is value. Um, and I think he's done very well in, in trading assets and trading for assets. I think the Roquan Smith deal was very good. The Calais Campbell deal was fantastic. The uh, Kare Vedvik deal, um, unbelievable. Marcus Peters, great acquisition. And I, again, you know, Joshua, you brought it up, Yannick Ngakwe. I feel like that was a really good move. The problem is we didn't have the right coordinator. I feel like some of the other draft selections, they could have been better if we had a different offensive coordinator, if we had a different coach, if we had the right, you know, player development, but instead we've drafted these guys where it's like, okay, these guys were good in college and they don't have it in the NFL. Why is that? That's typically down to scheme. That's typically down to, it's typically down to player development and coaching. And because if, if one guy misses, that's, you know, whatever. Like, okay, maybe that's on the player. Like, maybe he's not as good or, or didn't have the work ethic or, or injuries derailed him. But the Ravens have drafted and drafted and drafted and drafted wide receivers. But they don't work out. At some point, you have to recognize that maybe it's not the receivers. Because it's not like the Ravens have gone out and taken receivers where people go, whoa, first round him? No, they, they took Hollywood Brown. Yeah. The consensus number one wide receiver in that draft. Were there players behind him that were better? Yes. But going into the draft, the thought was in every, almost every single ranking, it was Hollywood Brown is the number one wide receiver in this draft. Then they end up taking Miles Boykin in, in, I believe, the third round. And it was like, and when I was selected, nobody was going, whoa, they took Miles Boykin. They go, oh, Miles Boykin on the Ravens with Lamar. That's actually kind of nice. He's a big body. Go up and make those big plays. He can he can really stretch the field, do things for this offense. And it was like, okay, we get hyped. And then we see Greg Roman with him, and we're like, wait a minute. These guys aren't used properly. And then we draft more guys the next year, and we get ourselves Devin Duvernay, and we get James Prochet. And Joshua, I know we were so excited about them because we look at it and we go, oh, Devin Duvernay, this guy's like Debo Samuel. You yeah. can run him the football. You can throw it to him short underneath. He's a really good over-the-middle slot-wide receiver. James Prochet, jump balls. 
right? You know, that's what he was good at at SMU. And and when the Ravens drafted him, guys like Daniel Jeremiah, I remember saying like James Prochet was uh, maybe the steal of the draft, especially at the wide receiver position. And yet they come in and they're they're not utilized at all, I think, in the, the way that they need to be. Devin DuVernay is used as a gadget guy, which I'm fine with to a certain extent where it's like, okay, yeah, you can use him on a jet sweep, but also maybe, hey, throw him the football, like throw him out on a route. Instead, it's like, no. You know, the next year they go out and they draft um, – who did we draft after Prochet? Uh, Devin Newman. I can't even think of who they drafted. Mm-hmm. Tyler Wallace and yeah. – uh, oh, who was the other one? Was it just Tyler Wallace? It might have been. Oh, and Bateman. Tyler Wallace and Bateman. That's what it was. Okay. Um, and we go and we draft Bateman, and everyone's like, that's a value pick. Like, that's where he should have gone. Um, mm-hmm. His comp is Keenan Allen. And when do we ever see Rashad Bateman running routes like Keenan Allen? He doesn't even run the in routes like Keenan Allen does. He doesn't run out routes. He runs deep posts. He runs, uh, you know, go routes. He doesn't run the slants. It's like he's used – they're all used so poorly to where it looks bad on the draft where it's like, hey, maybe it's not the draft. Maybe the edge rushers that were taken – I mean, we look back at it, you know, rest in peace, uh, Jalen Ferguson, sack daddy. Yeah. How much did Wink hinder his his ability? Because Wink has said so many times, I don't need edge rushers. I'm going to get anybody sacks, right? Like, oh, I'm just going to blitz. We've seen Mike McDonald come in using the an older version of Justin Houston. And it's just like, hey, yeah, wow, look at that. Schematically, he's able to make it work very well. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, maybe people are looking back at picks like that where it's like, you know, we've been thinking, oh, that was a terrible pick. And that's like, wait a minute. Could have actually really worked if we had the right scheme of player development, but we didn't. And so it's like, I feel like Eric DeCosta has done a very good job in evaluating talent. The problem is he's very good at evaluating player talent. I don't think he's very good at evaluating coaching talent because I think I talked about this last week or on stream. When you come into a new job, you don't want to fire the guy that's been there longer than you, even though you're their boss. And you definitely don't want to fire your buddy who you've been working with for the past probably decade in the scouting room, getting ready for the draft as Aussie's, you know, right hand. You don't want to be the guy that comes in and fires the coach. And, and I think that's his real downfall is, is the lack of firing the coach, because I feel like the coach has a major impact on what is done with the team. And Eric DaCosta is listening to his coach. And when he says, Hey, what do you want me to do? And Harbaugh says, I want this. He goes, okay. And I think he's giving Harbaugh exactly what he wants. Because Harbaugh every year goes, this is a great group of wide receivers. All the time. Every time. He's like, this is the exact kind of thing that we're looking for, this group of guys. And it's like, what do you, what? We? Who's we looking for this? You and Greg Roman? Those are about the only two people that are looking for that. So, I feel like Eric DeCosta is very good. I feel like the the way that he's lacking is, you know, his inability to make his own mark and try and do things on his own and and take that step of saying, hey, you know what, we're going to do this instead. Take the the Sonny Weaver approach, right? Head coach wants Bo Callahan. It's <laughs> all he wants. And he goes, you know what? I'm sorry. 
We're not going with Bo Callahan. I've got I've got this I've got this running back for you. Shout out to uh, Mr. Chadwick Bozeman. And we're gonna get him instead. And and I feel like Eric DeCosta's gotta make that, you know, start making those types of decisions where it's like, okay, we're we're gonna do this. And it, it reminds me of uh why the Titans uh general manager got fired. You know, he he went now he did it in the bad way. He went against his coach and he traded away AJ Brown. And there's a video of Mike Vrabel when the trade gets announced, standing up in the Titans thing and going and just walking out. Like he's like, oh my gosh, we just lost AJ Brown. Sometimes you have to make a coach a little bit upset. And if you do it right, your team's the better for it. If you do it wrong, it's a risk. I feel like Eric DaCosta hasn't been risky enough, but I feel like he is very good. It's just if he starts taking those risks, I think he could be even better. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'll give you that. I definitely give you that on that note. And then, you know, kind of to wrap up this show, let's talk about something that surprise, surprise, way less than last year. Let's talk about the injuries. Um, and, and who's going to be replacing them and how we need to perform because there are a few players that are going to be out this week or assumed to be out this week or, or maybe questionable for this week that we got to talk about. How are we going to replace them? And here's the names. we got Marcus Peters. We've got Calais Campbell. We've got questionable Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley is also uh, day-to-day um, mm-hmm. you know, with an injury. And then finally, Devin Duvernay. We've talked about the wide receiver spot. You haven't talked about kick and punt returner. The other spot, the Devin Duvernay, um, that's actually his best spot. The Pro Bowl, um, Pro Bowl kick returner, Devin yeah. Duvernay. Yeah. Joshua, what are you thinking for like guys and, and how they need to step up for him? Um, so I definitely think it's going to be Justice Hill. They're going to put back there. At one point, Justice Hill, I believe he was he was returning kick returns. Yeah, he's um, done a few. So, um, I mean, and Justice, you know, when he has gotten the game and shown his ability to run, he has ran harder than ever before. Um, he's been showing a little bit more that straight straight line speed, a little bit more giddy up. So I definitely can see him, you know, taking that opportunity and making the best of it. Excuse me. Because that's what he was doing earlier this season when we was down our running back. So um, he's, he's, he's finally learned how to run. Now, uh, when you talk about MP, Someone else we didn't mention has been inactive, a little hurt. It's our dog, Pepe. So it most likely be Brandon Stevens on the outside. Um, how do I feel about that? It's kind of ups and downs. I, you know, I love the story of Brandon Stevens and how he made it, made himself to the NFL. But I still feel like he has a lot of work to do in regards of making himself, you know, that that type of elite NFL corner because um. Only playing one year of corner and trying to make that leap to the NFL. Of course, the Ravens, when they hear stories like that, they love they love a guy like that. Only thing is, is how they produce on the field. And you know, we have seen Brandon Stevens had good moments and also bad moments as well. And we need to, you know, um, build on his strengths and make his weaknesses something um, stronger um, than what they were before. Now, when it comes to Calais Campbell. That's the only that's the only uh position I can say truly that I have no worry about. 
You hear about Roger Washington. You hear about Justin Matabike. You've seen Travis Jones all year out, you know, be disruptive and be in the backfield, whether he's getting a sack or getting a tackle or, you know, he's pushing that offensive line towards one of his uh, teammates to get a tackle. So that, honestly, that's the safest position in regards to replacements. You got three young bodies that's getting to it <laughs> in, in the interior. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I think you got the names right. And I think, like, you know, it, it'll be tough to see. And I, I definitely agree that I'm not worried about defensive line. I'm not worried about the front seven as a whole unless we're missing Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one guy where if we're missing, I feel like we are really hurting. Yeah. Uh, and maybe Justin Houston as well. I think those are probably the two biggest things. But, you know, that interior pressure with Matabike, Travis Jones, and, and Broderick Washington has been pretty solid. Um, and then obviously on the outside, we've gotten a lot out of Justin Houston and, and, you know, we don't know exactly when Calais and MP are going to be able to return. The hope is relatively soon. Um, but again, you know, still just kind of waiting and, and not a hundred percent sure. So, you know, in the long term, maybe it hurts, you know, I think it hurts having Calais out hurts special teams for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like we're going to be good on the defensive side of the ball without Marcus Peters. Uh, it's good and bad. Um, because I feel like, you know, him missing time, it, it hurts them in, in the Ravens in the short term, right? Okay, well, who's going to guard the number two wide receiver? I think it's going to be a situation where we have to double cover the number two on almost every team that we face because Marlon Humphrey's going to be in one-on-one. And I'm fine with Marlon in one-on-one. He may get beat every once in a while, but I, I'm completely fine with that. Let's help out Brandon Stevens. Let's get a safety over top, whether it's Kyle Hamilton, whether it's Marcus Williams, get a safety over top and help him out. This will show, I think, the future of the Baltimore Ravens without Marcus Peters um, because I, I don't think he's going to be here next year. I, I don't want him to be here next year unless it was for a really, really cheap deal. I feel like they need to draft somebody, but this is also a tryout. Hey, Brandon Stevens, this is year two. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you can do. You you don't have to go up against a, a number two like a, like a Jalen Waddle or go up against a T Higgins. You're going up against the Falcons wide receivers. Yeah, they have some good players, but they're not on the caliber of some of these other teams with wide receiver twos. But let's see what you can do. So I feel like it's really a good proving point for him to to show like, hey, I can be a, num- a number two corner in this league and on this team. Because Marlon's going to be the number one for a very long time unless the Ravens draft a first-round corner and they turn out to be insane. And if they do, the Ravens secondary is going to be ridiculous. But, you know, those two I'm not worried about. You know, the defense I feel like is going to be fine because I I believe in building a defense out by the front seven instead. And the Ravens have good back end. People may get, you know, convert a few third downs because of it, but I don't think they're going to get the long ball on us. Um, But... The Lamar injury hurts. If Lamar misses this week, that would be really rough. Oh, um, like, if he doesn't play, you know, obviously we can win, but man, this offense is going to look really bad. Tyler Huntley being injured, that kind of helps because we may be able to throw the ball with Anthony Brown um, instead. But, you know, and then in terms of kick return, I, I think Tyler Beatty could be a guy that I, I would like to bring up mm-hmm. just because, you know, he, he did it a little bit in college. We could see what he's able to do. Um, and it's just like, Justice Hill, can he return kicks? Yes. 
Is he electric returning kicks? And does he have a future? No. Tyler Beatty could go back there and be really good. He could go back there and be terrible, you know, not 100% sure. But, like, I would rather get someone where it's like, if they're really good, and we say, hey, Devin, you're not going to return kicks anymore. You're going to be, like, full-time wide receiver. That's a good thing. It was a good thing for the Chiefs when they stopped Tyreek returning kicks. Yeah. And you know what? I'll take it a step further. I like how you bring up Tyler Beatty. He can also be the gadget guy on offense. He can also be another spark to the offensive side of the ball. That's true. Yeah, I like that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Because he does have catching ability. Catching ability. He can run the end arounds, run the reverses. Um, That would actually be really fun to watch. I think Tyler Beatty could be a really good call-up. You know, as someone where it's like, okay, let's see what you can really do. And we don't need to hand the ball off to him in the backfield, but we could throw him out there and, and run him in some certain plays as well as being a, a kick specialist. So I think that'd be really interesting. That's a good point, but are there any other uh, injured takes that you, you know, you want to bring up? Um, man, as long as we, as long as we don't have Jalen, Jalen army Davis out of nowhere, just starting. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see what we get out of JAD and if he plays and, and that injury and stuff like that, but everybody, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Subscribe uh, for Daily Ravens content. We'll see all of you again on Saturday for the pregame show. That'll be at uh, that'll be at probably like twelve fifteen or twelve thirty or something like that. Thank you, and see all of you again.